the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray Jesus to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that moment he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed him, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and when they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will be drinking. And they became greatly distressed, and began to say to him, one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will be drinking. The Son of Man goes as it is written for him, but woe to the one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one to not have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. He replied, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it. All of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead and move to Galilee. Peter said to him, We will all become deserters because of you. I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I must die for you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, and not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So you could not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. 
Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be gone. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one that I kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave at the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send more than twelve legions of angels? But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come with swords and clubs to arrest, arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place, so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter, following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer? What is this that they testify against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I put you under oath before the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Messiah. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, You also are with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them, saying, You don't know what you're talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for your accent betrayed him. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath. 
I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. For the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all of the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since they are blood men. After conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, and they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of the one on whom a price had been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many accusations they make against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone whom they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who was called Messiah? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Then he asked, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. Then the people as a whole answered, So he released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. 
Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head they put a charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. You are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said, I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, This man is calling for Elijah. At once, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, Truly this man was God's son. Many women were also there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for them. For him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. 
He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Therefore command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people, He's been raised from the dead. And the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. I'll make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. It was quite something, wasn't it? Let me offer you three thoughts and take us back to the, where we began, which was on the steps with palms. Um, and as the children noticed, some palms are greater than others. Uh, but that, that, well done, Hollis. You've, uh, that was great. Um, what do we learn about Jesus in the events of Palm Sunday that lead to Good Friday? Uh, and to Easter Sunday. The first thing is, who here plays Minecraft? Right, hands up, okay. When you play Minecraft, the details are important, right? Don't mine at night. Be careful. Don't mine past the bedrock. All that kind of stuff. Here we see in a similar way, Jesus cares about the details. Just like any one of you parents who works with an Excel spreadsheet or something similar, the details matter. Um, why do they matter? How do we know they matter? Well, if you, in your bulletin, go to the very beginning, page one, and we see here that Jesus says to the disciples, as they neared Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. In this story, the small details have incredible meaning and incredible importance. So the details matter. And if the details mattered here, they, the details of our lives also matter to Jesus. The second thing is that none of this was a surprise. None of what happened on Palm Sunday and Easter week was a surprise. Why? It was prophesied in the Old Testament. God had spoken to people hundreds of years before the event, 500 years prior even, through the prophet Zechariah, that the Jewish people would have their king ride into the city on a donkey. Now, I have no idea, I have a fairly certain idea of what will happen in the next five minutes, but what will happen this afternoon? 
Well, we have plans, but will it go according to plan? I don't know. But God does. And not only does he know what will happen, he cares about the details. And he loves us so much that he planned out this week that we're about to mark just for us. Now, who plays soccer? Who plays soccer? Okay. Parents of, of, of those who go to soccer games, what do we know? We know that there will be at least a one, if not two, snow cone trucks at all soccer games. And so what do we do? We prepare our children. Children, there will be snow cone trucks at the soccer game, and we will not be having snow cones after the soccer game. It's not going to happen. You can prepare a day in advance, that morning, minutes before, and the inevitable happens. Can we have a snow cone, right? We know what's going to happen. And if it's true in that small a scale, imagine things from God's perspective. He knew what was going to happen, and he did it specifically for a reason. What's the third point? Jesus doesn't always do the expected. Everyone, those who do, had read the Old Testament, were expecting that their king would come in on a donkey, and they expected the king to do things in a certain way. But Jesus came in on a donkey to show that, <clears throat> pardon me, he wasn't just going to be a king, he was going to be a servant. And in order to serve, he had to do things in a way that people didn't expect. They wanted their king to come in in power, to get rid of the bad guys, and to set up the perfect place for them to live in. But Jesus saw the problem was deeper and that the people needed a servant to come to fix the problem that they all faced. And the heart of our problem is the human heart. And so Jesus comes in, yes, on a donkey, yes, as the promised king, but he comes to serve us all by coming in to die. And so as you go through this week, you may come to one of our, our many opportunities. We have Maundy Thursday at 6.30, 6.30, um, we'll fact check that. We don't want to give you any fake news. Uh, six o'clock, don't come, well, you can come at 6.30, you'll just miss the first half hour. At 6 p.m. is our Maundy Thursday service, which really we focus in on those events of the night before Jesus died. And then Good Friday begins at... Noon, which is more of, uh, there will be a children's program for a Good Friday. There will be an adult program in here where we think about the events that happened uh, leading up to his death, and then Easter Sunday here at 9 a.m. As you go through this week, families, single people, young people, every one of us, here are the three things to take away especially in light of all that happens in the span of a week. God cares about the detail. Nothing surprises him. And he's made plans that even before we know that we have a problem, he begins a solution. And he doesn't always act as we would expect. But he has come to serve us.
And our response when he serves is really one of the heart, which is to worship, to thank him. So in a moment, we're going to come to the Lord's table where we're going to uh, partake in Holy Communion, which is the meal that he uh, set forth for us to do on the night before he was betrayed. And as you come forward to receive the bread and the wine, his promise to all of us is that he would meet us at the table. And so if you have details in your life that need the help of one who is not surprised but has come to serve, then come with those needs in mind and receive from him. Jesus loves us and he has come to serve us. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, on this Palm Sunday, we lift you our lives. We lift you all that's happening in our community, in our world, in our families. And we thank you that you are the God who cares about the details. You are the God who's never surprised and has a plan. And that even though you don't always act as we expect, you have come to serve us. And we thank you and ask that you would help us and lead us through this week. In Jesus' name, amen.